Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Teach Me to Talk with Laura and Kate. I'm Laura Mai, pediatric speech language pathologist. I'm Kate Hensler, developmental interventionist. How are you today, Laura? I'm doing beautifully on this beautiful President's Day. How about you? It is a lovely day, yes. I worked a little and then was running errands, and it's very pretty. What a good spring day. Feels like I it know. Anyway. It does feel like it. It's a little warmer here today, a little little breeze, a little breezy. We've had the door open here. It's gotten a little warm upstairs in our office this afternoon, but it's made me really want spring to get here even more quickly than I normally uh, feel like that when you get one of these surprise days like this in February. I know, and we've had a mild winter, so that's, that just means we're getting older. <laughs> no, we're headed to Florida. We're headed to Texas, somewhere warm. Going for the south. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's not all bad, does it? I know. Not to me. Not to me. All right, let's get our announcements going so we can move on with our show today. We have a great caller. We're so excited about her, but let's do our announcements first. We're hoping my EI2 is going to launch this week. Fingers crossed. That's all I'm going to say about that for fear I might jinx it once again. Uh, I'm so excited. This week, too, I've I've had some... um, Meetings with some therapist friends of mine who were really excited about doing some little videos and packages for uh, that new project. So it'll be so exciting to get that whole multidisciplinary aspect uh, of my EI2 going. And again, it's been something I've been planning now for what feels like forever. So it will be exciting to finally get that up and launched. And I have some great new therapy guides that are in the works, too. One about books, which I think is going to be really helpful for a lot of therapists and a lot of parents because they know that you're supposed to read kids and use books, and that's supposed to be a great therapy activity. But then they're not quite sure how to use it, especially with a kid who might not like books. So I have some great ideas, and I know we've talked about that a lot on the show. But sometimes I think with those therapy guides actually seeing the video and hearing somebody kind of step-by-step talk about it and give you really specific things to do with specific books and specific activities almost makes it easier to implement than just hearing somebody talk about it in theory, even how we do here on the show and kind of bounce ideas back and forth. So I'm super excited about that. And I'm also planning one about trains and all the great things we do with choo-choos in therapy. Oh, that's a good one. I know. I'm excited that about that. A, that could be a uh, volume of. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we could do a whole series on that, couldn't we? <laughs> That's really? a great one. And, and then we have that one that we're going to do together. I don't know if we talked about we've, we've talked about what that specific idea is yet, but I, I'm so excited about that one, especially for our podcast listeners who hear us both every week. So that'll be a really fun one. So I'm again. So excited about that project and hope that that will finally launch in this calendar month. We can only pray that made Johnny chuckle. Well, wouldn't you know? You, your new your new people were in Connecticut and got snowed under you know three feet of snow. So that's right. we have a little bit more time. Yeah, so far from the course, but there yeah. you go. So 
what can you say? So wanted to mention that. I also want to mention that we're we're going to continue the Valentine's special at teachmetalk.com one more week. If you buy an entire package, uh, that would be all of the products, three therapy manuals and five DVDs. You get uh, the winter therapy guide as a free gift. So we're going to extend that sale another week. Those sales always do very well. So wanted to mention that. If, if you've been thinking about buying those products and want to save yourself a some money uh, doing free shipping if you're in the United States, and then uh, that therapy cut is a bonus for that. So wanted to mention that as well. And I think those are all our announcements. Do you have any other announcement kind of thing, Kate? Before we get I going, do. I, I do. I want you everybody do? to put their mojo together and root for IU tomorrow night against Michigan State. We are still number one, but with a big game. And our our star Oladipo has a sprained ankle, so Kentucky oh. knows how that feels. Yeah. yeah anyway, so go Hoosiers tomorrow night. That's it. That's my announcement. Yeah, the sports segment. You had to get that in. I forgot all about sports since I basically have given up basketball this season. So there you go. Maybe yeah, I'll it's break not Kentucky's him. year. Oh. I know. Poor nerd. Bummer. Yeah. I know, but maybe I'll yeah. break down and root for IU. We'll see. Hey, Indiana's always been really good to you. I think that's you right. I think that's what Johnny says to me every time we kind of snicker about that. All right, moving right along. We have a great caller today, uh, a speech pathologist. Nadine, you want to introduce yourself and tell us uh, who you are and what kind of kiddo you have a question about. And again, Kate and I were talking about this question before. The show today to make sure we were, have, were kind of on the same page, and then I realized it was three minutes until the show started. So uh, the question is really fresh on our minds, and again, we're so glad to have you here. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Awesome. Well, thanks again, you know, for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, so I'm a therapist. I um, actually did a lot of um, school therapy before. I was in the schools, and then just recently started um, home-based therapy. Mm-hmm. And um, right now I have a young kiddo. He's three years old. Um, he was a drug baby. And um, at this point I'm a little overwhelmed. Um, right. Just, um, therapy is not going, you know, as smooth as I would like to because he's just constantly screaming. And um, so right. he's, he's delayed expressively, receptively, also, you know, in imitation and play. Um, right. And every time, you know, you have eye contact um, or you change um, something within the activity um, or even just, you know, hands over hand, um, just touching him, um, he will start screaming. And sometimes it gets so bad that he just, you know, his mom has to, like, sit him in the chair for, like, 10 minutes. And, um, you know, and right. during that time we don't get anything done. So. Right. Yes, I'm really overwhelmed. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, he is supposed to see a behavioral specialist. He takes medication for his anger, um, but again, um, we're very remotely located. So um, right. within the next three to four months, he's not going to be able to see, um, you know, a behavioral specialist. Right. Well, first of all, let's just start by saying this is a hard kid. So right off the bat, sometimes I think it just helps when I have a child who's a real challenge just to say, boy, this is not going to be easy because it just kind of gets your mindset with there are no quick fixes or quick solutions. And sometimes that makes us feel 
worse because we're always kind of looking for what specific methodology should I be using that will take care of with all of these things. I, I don't know of one, you know, especially mm-hmm. for a kid like this because he has several things going on. And so, and that's one thing Kate and I were talking about before the show too. Sometimes it does just help to say, or it does me anyway, but this is not going to be a quick, easy fix. This is going to be something that we have to work through and struggle a little bit and kind of do a lot of trial and error to see what would be successful and what would not be successful. And again, Mm -hmm. I think it kind of depends on your temperament as to whether that makes you feel better or worse. That kind of just Get it, boiling it down and getting to the root of it always makes me feel better because on, at some point I think, okay, well, then there's no one that could be better suited to see this child than me because at least I'm willing to work through all this, and that sort of makes me feel better. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Okay. It does. So that being said, the other thing is he's really young compared to a lot of the kids that you've seen, so you have to kind of give yourself that um, kind exactly. of break too because you're not used to treating kids like this uh, all Mm -hmm. of the time and the other thing that I want to mention and again I'm talking specifically to you Nadine but for all of our listeners who might be thinking about this and oh what would I do for a drug exposed baby with a diagnosis of autism we really have to kind of even though diagnoses are helpful, we almost have to kind of throw those out and think okay that really doesn't matter with, you know, we're not really treating that prenatal drug exposure. We're not really treating autism because there there is no cure or, um, again, one methodology. So you have to tease out what specifically about this little guy are we able to look at, and we have to look at him, you know, in terms of his language, and then, more importantly for this little guy, we have to look at him in terms of regulation. And, again, I think regulation meaning for him would be the screening. You know, why is he screening? It's because he's overstimulated, and we know that's a sensory processing response. Mm -hmm. So for a little guy like that, treating him and looking at him from a sensory perspective is where we need to go with that, not necessarily thinking about (coughs) his prenatal drug exposure or even the autism at this point. It's the sensory stuff that I think Mm -hmm. makes more sense to kind of think about him and treat him in that way. Kate, were you going to say anything about that? I know we just had this conversation before. And it was really, really interesting when we were talking about it. And, of course, we were, you know, totally being real life and day-to-day. And we probably won't say all those kinds of things. But we were saying, you know, even though you don't have, you may not always have a kid with that specific history on your caseload, we still see kids like this all the time that are, you know, hyper-responsive as far as his, his screaming or his, um, and again, he's on the heightened end of even those kinds of kids that we would see because he sounds like it doesn't take very much to set him off, for lack of a better word, um, with how he responds. Kate, were you going to say anything about that just kind of generally to get started before we start talking about specific things we would do? Uh, Yeah, I was kind of wondering, like, what describe his 
behavior? What does he want to do? Didn't you say he plays pretty well? You know, um, you know, when I bring toys, he's definitely interested in toys. Um, but then um, last week I brought a, a a bucket and some water, and we, you know, let some ducks swim. And then, you know, he will take the ducks and throw it in the water. But like when I say, you know, make it swim, swim, ducky, swim, and then he just totally, you know, that already takes him off. Like he wants to do his own thing. And as soon as I introduce anything verbally that he's not, it sounds, you know, it seems like he's familiar with. Um, you know, he starts to scream. Yeah. So, so what is he, do you, let me ask something really quick. Kate, does he, do okay. you have times when he doesn't scream, Nadine? Um, he does not scream when I use a puppet and try to like you know eat his legs or you know his ears. That that's something that he really likes, like you know that kind of contact. But um, other than that, pretty much like any activity. Um, he will do fine, you know, the first 30 seconds, and then as soon as I start talking and, you know, actually trying to interact um, with him, he starts screaming. Okay. Kate, were you going to say something? Well, I kind of just wonder. It's so nice to have a caller where you can actually ask because sometimes we read the questions and then we're always saying, mm-hmm. I wonder if, but we can ask you. Um, so if... Um, he'll let you play with them. I, I, how about when you when you introduce something where he kind of needs help doing it? Does he give it to you? Does he want your help? Will he let you touch no, it then? No, he does not. No, he he will not. He will okay. not. I mean, you know, sometimes he will give the item back, um, but that's usually just when mom, you know, tells him to. Um, if I request it, but just, you know. Uh, putting my hand out, um, he will not give it, or, you know, again, then we already are at the stage where he starts screaming. Um, okay. Right. So, but what if it's something good. where he's, you're not giving the request to give it back to you, but he needs help with it to do it? Um, then he will, then will he it. let you? He will throw the toy. Uh-huh. Okay. And he's a thrower, too. <laughs> okay. Of course. Yeah, I believe I've seen a couple would, like him in my day. Yeah, yeah. Why would we ever have expected anything differently? Yeah. Let me ask you this, Nadine. How, how his receptive language? Because you said mm-hmm. that he'll do some parallel play, and by parallel play, do you mean that both of you are just sitting doing the same thing, or does it look like he's only doing his own thing, and then you try to? interject yourself into that play and then he that's when he loses it is that correct or will he you know i will i will sit down it's more like parallel play i mean you know i sit down i you know i start playing with it he will come and sit down because he's interested and then you know but he will not imitate any um any actions that i do with you know the, the toys that i bring he will just you know sit down right next to me take something and do his own little thing with him okay so does he do, like, self-stimulatory stuff when he's doing that, or does his play look pretty good in that if you have a can car... Can he do we'll... it? Right. Yeah, can um, he do it? I mean, if you gave it to him, if he saw you do it and then you showed him and then you gave it to him, is he going to do it? No. You know, hit a ball with a ball with a hammer or put a car um, on a track and let it go or anything like that? No. 
No. No, he's Does just, he you know, he's okay. taking it and playing with it and, you know, throwing it. So that's, like, you know, he has it in his hand, kind of like a fidget, um, or he will throw it. Okay, so he's still really self-stimulatory with, with toys. He's not really playing yet then, right? He's interested because he'll sit beside you, but does his play ever look functional? I mean, does it ever look like the the suggestions that or the um, examples that Kate just gave? Like if you had a ball mm-hmm. toy with a hammer and some balls that go in the hole, would he put the ball in the hole and then hammer it? Or put the ball in the hole and then push it, watch it go down, pick it back mm-hmm. up and stick it back in the hole to do it again? Would he do any of that? You know, I think maybe... If you gave him, like, ten items, you know, he could probably do it, like, once. And that's at, like, maximum prompts if he wants to. Okay. All right. So if he's looking differently, boy, I'm glad you called, Nadine, because <laughs> I think I read, I misinterpreted when I read, because I thought that he might be a little further along with play. And, Kate, is that <laughs> how you read it, too? I did think she said he played pretty well or he liked toys or something i guess he, he, so does, I like toys. Yes, he does like toys mm-hmm. okay okay so but he, go ahead is Kate. he like visually stimulated by toys or does he like toys does he know how to play with them doesn't sound like he really knows how to play with them he no most you know, of them he does not know how to play with them no i mean i've had kids who that's what they know to do throw it it doesn't matter if it's a ball or well, you know, and, and again, he, he will he will throw it when he doesn't know what to do with it or if it doesn't work right away. Um, for example, um, so give you know that's what examples, they will do. Give us some examples of things that like toys that you've taken in the past several weeks or months. I, I forgot how long you said that you've seen them. Mm-hmm. Give us some examples of what he he will do with a specific toy, like with those ducks in the water. And by the way, fabulous idea. That's great. Sensory play is something that that we were going to suggest. What did he do with the duck and the water? Um, just kind of left to his own. What does he give us some examples with several different mm-hmm. toys with things that he's done besides throw? So, for example, um. Mr. Potato Head, um, we, you know, we tried to, like, just, you know, I saw one of your videos, and I just, you know, put it together, and I asked him to, like, you know, kind of, like, rip it apart, take out the parts, and um, that was just, he would just throw it, the whole thing went flying across the room. Um, Okay. I took a little play guitar, and, you know, I showed him how to push buttons, and then he just, you know, he holds it in his hands and swings it, and then, you know, when you show him to push buttons, um, he will not imitate I mean, you know, once again, like once in like ten trials, he might he might imitate it, which we celebrate. Um, but then again, you know, most of the time he just like drops it, throws it, or runs away. Um, okay. And then you have to get him back. Um, what else did we do with the ducks? Um, he you know he actually sat down next to me and you know he used the duck, um, threw it in the water, and you I just kind of like you know used the oh jump ducky jump. And um, you know, again, he just looked at me and just started screaming. So, yeah, oh, it sounds really hard. Okay, and again, so I think what, he does scream pretty, you know, almost all day long. Um, yeah, and I think mom is very frustrated. And I think that this is something that you know I really would like to work on because mom seems so stressed out. <laughs> so I know it, you know, might yeah. not be. 
um, yeah. Well, and I think that you're so great to look at it like, okay, language may not be our first priority here. We've just got to get him to the point that he doesn't scream all day every day because his mom's about ready to, you know, leave or whatever. Yeah. Uh, she may not be at that point, but you know what I mean? She's at her wit's end, and who wouldn't be? I mean, that sounds like a really, really, really tough situation to have to do with you said that he's medicated. Is that helping at all? You know, she said it has helped. Um, right now she thinks the medication is wearing off. Um, right. So, you know, he does, he does, you know, injure himself um, quite a bit now. So they're thinking about changing medications, but they're not at the point yet. Um, so... Okay, and you said you were in a really rural area. Can you get an occupational therapist to help you, Nadine, while you're waiting on a behavior person? I could, yes, I could. That, an occupational I would do that, therapist. Yeah, I would do that today. <laughs> you <Your medical laughs> referral. So that you've got a person looking at him sensory-wise. I mean, has he had OT in the past? Do you know? You know, and that's, again, you know, we just moved into the area. There's nobody sure. here. I mean, it's just yeah. very remote. And <laughs> I understand. I've got some, I have worked in some really places that I was it, um, mm-hmm. in really rural areas where you can't really get a ton of additional support. But if you can get an occupational therapist in, certainly do want somebody else looking at him from a sensory perspective. And I hope you can get somebody really good who has a good history uh, and a good background with looking at sensory processing because first Mm -hmm. and foremost, you've got to figure out what calms this little guy down Mm -hmm. um, and what helps him not be so overstimulated because that's what's happening. Everything, you know, it sounds like it doesn't take very much to trip his trigger and Mm -hmm. things, overstimulate him and overwhelm him a lot. And I'm not saying that, you know, the behavioral person isn't going to help because, you know, we don't know that. But certainly I think giving mom some help with these are the things that might make it easier for him to calm down and get through the day and an OT can help you figure some of those things out. So that's certainly one thing I would suggest that you try to get going as quickly as possible. Once your OT is, and you can't necessarily wait on the OT to figure out some of this other stuff. So here's what I would do. I would try to think back and figure out what kinds of things did help him seem calmer and seem able to tolerate interaction better and tolerate uh, you talking with him and playing with him uh, better. Now, some of these, again, sometimes calming strategies don't seem like they're calming strategies when we start them because we're not doing things that seem to mellow a kid out. And what I'm specifically referring here to would be lots of physical movement. And Kate, you were talking about that when we were talking about this little guy before the show. And Kate was saying, right. I would do a lot of gross micro stuff with him. So why mm-hmm. don't you talk about that a little bit, Kate? Well, I, I, you know, that's why I was trying to get an idea of what he looks like. What does he want to do? Is he climbing? Is he is he spinning things? Is he smashing into things? Is he running around? Does he sit and attend to anything? 
He does, you know, and he does. It's just, you know, it's not 15 minutes, but and he will definitely sit down for um, two to three minutes sometimes. And, okay. And um, he does run away quite a bit, and then, you know, we have to get him back. Um, he right. He does not spin things. He doesn't, you know, I have not seen any, um, I mean, he does have a perseverations when he talks. I have not seen him stimming. Um, Mom, however, said, you know, once he gets really, really, really angry, he, like, you know, will flop on the floor, and that will, like, seem very repetitive. Um, but I have not, not seen that. that. Okay, good. Good. That's a plus. It hasn't gotten as bad as it can get. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a good yep. thing, yes. Um, yeah, you have to look for those those silver linings where you can find them. Okay, so Kate, so Okay, go ahead, Kate. I'm sorry. Well, so you take you it say he's he's a he's a runner and he has a very short attention span. Mm-hmm. How long do you see him? Um, fifty minutes. Okay, fifty minutes. So about an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, have you tried? I mean, our, our go-to movement things I like to do are like bubbles or balloons. Does he like those things? He does. And, you know, I have, like, one of those um, balls that you can sit on and you, then you, you bounce, you can hold on to it, and you bounce. Right, right. Um, like he, a therapy he ball? He likes that. But yeah, kind of like a therapy ball. Um, mm-hmm. So he does enjoy that, but then, you know, that's it. Like, you know, we cannot – and, again, like, if I introduce something verbally or if, you know, he sits on it and bounces and I want him to roll on it, <laughs> he he's not going to have it. And, you know, again, that's the verbal prompt I give him. I show him and he's – He's he's you know he's done he screams, so that's kind of right. like the thing where I'm stuck because every time I try to like introduce something new within one activity, that already sets him off. So you How know we could probably bounce like for forty five minutes. I mean he would right. like that. <laughs> How does he do if you don't introduce the transition verbally? It like if you were bouncing him and then you decided okay now I'm gonna try to get into lie down on his stomach on the ball. How would he do if you didn't talk to him while you were doing it, if you just helped him get on his little belly? Would he do okay with that? Do you, have you tried that? No, I, I have not tried that. I have, you know, I have not tried and that. And it sounds counterintuitive to say don't talk to him because, you know, you're a speech therapist and all. <laughs> but for some <laughs> kids, <laughs> for some kids, it's really that, and you can't tease out, okay, is it just the auditory input or is it just real behavior? He doesn't really like to be directed, so he's going to balk at everything that seems like a command. You know, sometimes we have to really get that back and forth and that whole relationship piece kind of going with a kid and have them real, have him really like you and get you and want to be with you before you can ever really do anything language-wise. And, again, it does seem kind of silly to think, well, I'm a speech therapist and I'm supposed to be working on language and you're telling me to go in there and not really say anything. But to get him to the point where he can stay with you and not run away and not have that really extreme response of screaming when you talk to him, that's something I would try to see if it makes a difference. It may not. It may be that it's the transition piece, just Mm -hmm. moving from doing what I want to do to 
something else, you know, whether that be, you know, whoever else's idea it was, it's not that it's necessarily your idea, but it could just be that he's not able to do anything besides to be pretty self-directed. But sometimes for kids, if it doesn't seem like it's a it's a command or a following a direction or something, they'll do a little bit better. Katie, you've had experience with that, haven't you, where you've tried to kind of back off a little bit and sort of not give a direction and then just kind of see what you can get a kid to do without lots of talking, right? Absolutely. I, I would say this also, Nadine, about this little guy. I mean, he's a kid you know he has a short attention span. I would mm-hmm. I would do a lot of things with him in 50 minutes. And like I said, like bubbles, balloons, the ball toy, try and do some social um, games with him. Will he let you bounce some, you on his on a, bounce him on your lap to do right a little horsey or ring around the rosy. I would work those in a lot mm-hmm. so that he's up and moving and then a little bit of play and up and moving and a little bit of play because really it sounds like he's not a good player at all. He doesn't really, it sounds like motor-wise he's pretty delayed. He, it doesn't sound like he really knows what to do stuff. He just throws it. Mm-hmm. Or just um, flip it around kind of in his hands. And if he looks like he's interested, and you know he's interested because he's approaching you and he's sitting down with you, but it doesn't really sound like beyond that visual attention that he really knows what to do. It, would that be correct or no? Uh, and again, you know, sometimes he, you know, he does surprise me because, you know, I also brought one of those little um, play phones, you know, and I said, hi, right. Mommy. And, you know, he, he took it and put it to his ear, you know. And again, it's, you know, very, it varies. Um, but, I know, but, but let me tell you about that whole hi mommy thing and the whole, and mm-hmm. the, like the phone. Really, a 12 month old would do that. Mm-hmm. So if he's three and he's doing that, that is a beginning play skill, but it's really not that advanced if we truly looked at it. And again, compared to throwing, compared to doing all the other things that you said that he does, that is a strength for him and that is a spot. But when we truly look at that skill, that's not that advanced. (laughs) And so, and again, I know your experience has not been with toddlers. No. Since you've worked with elementary age, so that's another thing that I would do with him is when you're looking at his play, get yourself some really, um, what test are you using? What kind of milestone guide are you using? Because my point would be I would look back at the 12 to 18-month play skill stuff and start there with him. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're thinking too, Kate? Yes. Sounds like he's pretty darn delayed, and I wouldn't even – think about language i would just model play and try and get him to do it and when he needs help which he will you just offer assistance so that he gets okay. lets you touch him calms down focuses he'll get the visual fixed by the toy you just kind of mm-hmm. be an assistant <laughs> yeah <laughs> and teach him teach him how to play once he gets a little better at it He'll enjoy. He'll do it better. He'll want to do it more. But in the beginning, it's just give him the simplest little anything to do. And I would plan to do quite a bit with him because you know he has a short attention span. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I, like yeah, roll him on his belly. I probably wouldn't try. You know, if he likes bouncing, I would just stop. And will he scream if you just stop? If you just quit bouncing him, would he scream or would he? What would he do? 
Um, I think he would. Um, you know, and that, that's again like if I you know try to like take the bouncy ball away to do something else, um, he will scream. I wouldn't so take it away. I'd get like your puppet and put those mm-hmm. on there and okay. let him jump on there, and I'd get whatever other thing. And let him like set it on the ball. Just if he likes that ball, don't take the ball away. Just quit using it as the bouncy thing, so that you can introduce something else to, into that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, because he probably is a kid where if you take things away, a lot of times with these kids, I don't take away the first toy until I have the next toy out, so exactly. that they know it's it's not over. It's just we're moving on. Right. Because the whole cleaning up piece really can set a kid like this off. And it's just that the transition and the, the not being in control, he just well, can't handle it. Well, he may not really understand he's getting the next toy, you know, so oh. he thinks it's over and his automatic response is scream. Right. So, I mean, with this kid, if you can get through 50 minutes without his screaming, you have done a great job. So and I that's would what I would make my only goal. Yeah. Yep. I would make that my only goal for the next foreseeable future is that you're going to work him up to the point where he enjoys being with you and he enjoys what you're doing and he learns, I can play with this really fine lady who is not going to make too many unreasonable demands on me and we are going to have a great time together. Because until he knows that, he is not really going to be ready to learn anything from you. And I would do a ton of stuff, like Kate said, without um, pressure of telling him what to do or saying, uh, you know, you do this or what your expectation is. You're just really going to teach him how to play by being there to help him play and by being his little assistant, like Kate said, so that you guys are doing it together. And I know you may feel like, but I'm I'm supposed to be teaching them language. What am I doing? You're really getting that social piece established, and you're really helping him cognitively learn how to functionally use toys. And kids really aren't developmentally to learn a lot of language until they've met those really basic cognitive milestones. And I know that all, you know, you can read a ton of people who will try to tell you otherwise, but when we're truly looking at development and where a kid needs to be developmentally before we start really expecting them to purposefully communicate, it's not until after they've learned these other things. And so by starting at that basic level where your goal is to get through 50 minutes without a ton of meltdowns and and to... I also wonder about him. Does he like music? Does he like when you sing? He does. He does like music. Mm-hmm. And he he dances too. So you know that's what we have done okay. too. Um, yeah. Well, I'd be singing just about everything you say to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roll, roll, roll the ball. Whatever. Just put yeah. a song to it. If that holds his attention and he likes it, and it's verbal something that doesn't set him off, even if right. there's no song, just sing it. Okay. I think you that's know. a great yeah. idea. Mhm. I would totally do that. I've too. had a kid a lot like this, and he and that's what I did. I started out; he didn't know how to play with anything. He just threw things. Didn't matter what it was, he just threw it. Uh, and 
I sat down and showed him the toys and encouraged him to do it. I was there to help him when he did, couldn't do it. I might stick some words in there, but not too much. No pressure on him to say anything or request anything. Just teach him how to play. And it took a while on some stuff, even some stuff that was pretty easy. And he was two and a half. So, um, but once he got it, he, he everything got a lot better, at least when I was there. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I know you want to help the mom, but at this point, how are you going to help the mom until you figure out what works with them? Does right. he watch a lot of TV? Do you know if he watches a lot of TV? Um, I think he does. I think he does, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. These kids well, frequently do, and they'll sit see and zoom mom, out. To... Yeah, I would see how mom feels about reducing that. And she may not be at the point where she feels like that she can because she might feel like that's the only piece that I get is when he's mm-hmm. engrossed in a television show. But for a lot of kids like that, TV is really overstimulating. Even though it looks like they're totally zoned out when they're watching it and they are relatively calm, it is that whole, it teaches their little brains to scan, shift, scan, shift, scan, shift. So it doesn't really do anything to help them attention span-wise when they're interacting themselves as real objects and real things. So if she could start to cut some of that back, you may see some improvements with how he's able to interact and behavior in general. And, again, a lot of parents aren't in the position where they can do that. And all you can do is suggest it and talk about how TV might be overstimulating. And, you, and, and that's a hard sell to a lot of parents because they don't, they don't believe it because they're thinking that's the only time he seems like he's still and he's quiet. Yeah. And so you'll just have to decide. See, we don't know this mom, so we don't know how she would take that. We don't know if she would fire you. You know, we don't know (laughs) what might happen if you suggest that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's something that I think is a good thing to think about, and I'm glad Kate brought that up. Okay. so we. Kate, were you going to ask? Okay, other questions. You know, like what, what would you do, like, once he starts screaming? You know what? I would try so hard so that he never started screaming. I know. I would do everything in my power to not get there. And, again, easier said than done because the least little thing might do it. But you're just going to have to keep teaching and keep learning yourself with, okay, that really made him mad. I'm not going to do that again. That really set him off. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, you know, and you're going to get to the just try to do everything you can to head off those um, meltdowns before they even happen. And, again, a lot of therapists will think, no, I've got to teach him. He's got to work through it. He's got to learn, and he can't act this way. He's not developmentally ready to do that. And even neurologically, I mean, I don't know that he, well, I know that he can't purposefully control that, (laughs) you know, just based on what you've said about his history and that he has to, be medicated to kind of get to where he is now. So there's no way that he's going to, you know, learn to, you know, just by you telling him stop screaming or whatever. You know, that's not going to work. You've got to work at it from a sensory perspective and that you're going to try to keep them busy but calm and regulated um, by moving on to a new activity pretty frequently 
by giving him the kind of input that he can tolerate, which would be the singing. And I would try really hard, again, not to over-talk so that you are not overwhelming him and overstimulating him with too many words so that if you're playing together, you might just, you know, say, car, go, car, car. You know, and again, you might have long pauses between when you talk, and that's okay because you're working really on the play piece. Okay. And on him learning how to operate toys and interact and build that attention span that way, you know, before you're going to do a lot of language teaching. Have you had sessions that went better better than others, Nadine? Um, the first the first few, yeah. I just um, I haven't seen him that many times. Um, the first few sessions were um, a lot better, but then again, okay, why do you think that was? What do you think was different about the first few sessions? Um, and again, I'm not sure because, you know, mom says that, you know, everything has been, you know, getting worse, um, that it might okay. have been the medication. Okay. Um, and again, I try to bring new stuff every time. Um, and I also try to bring stuff that we had the therapy session before. So, you know, he kind of recognizes some of the things. Right. Yeah. Um, um, but then again, I try to bring something new to get his interest again. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure why, you know, I don't, and again, I I work on like one, two word phrases. You know, I don't tell him big things that he needs to do or stuff like that. Good. So you know, for the for the ducks, we just worked on like jump and swim, like ducky swim, ducky jump. Um, that's you know, that's all we we did. And um, but again, sometimes you know, I might just have to take back and um, not talk too much. <laughs> um, and that's hard. Because, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. But I will, I will definitely. Um, Take care of yeah. that and um, try that. I would and try maybe, to do that. And I, want, I like what you're saying about how you're planning sessions. You're taking things that he's liked and that he's familiar with and new things to kind of hook his attention when you need something else. Now, are you taking – had you been planning lots of activities for sessions? Are you taking a lot of stuff? Because I definitely would do that, like Kate already mentioned. Yes, you know, I have not – like, I – that's because, you know, I thought that he had some sensory issues and that I thought that, you know, the more stuff I bring, the more I overload him. That's why I didn't bring too much stuff. So I tr- usually try to bring, like, four activities for the 50 minutes. So, but that I might would not probably be increase that by about three and take at least 12. <laughs> okay, you can take a lot of stuff for kids like that, too. And even when you I mean multiply, not, not increase it, multiply it by three. Yeah, I, I, I take a... For a kid like this, I take a big bag, and all of it is very visual. Um, Like I said, the bubbles, the balloons, uh, the ball toy. You've got to get a ball toy if you don't have one. It's a great toy, kid. I mean, toy, great fine motor skills, and to use the hammer, which is very functional. And it probably take you a while to teach them. Hopefully not, but if it does, that's okay. They get great sensory feedback when they're pounding that hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have my Tupperware blocks. I always have my Cookie Monster. Sounds like he likes the puppets. That would be definitely part of it. Some yeah. kind of car toy or a choo-choo toy, both, really. Um, anything mm-hmm. very visual. Those things that he, you've seen him like in the past. Um, what else? 
I like the car track toy because I think it's functional to see if you can put the cars on there and make them go. Mm-hmm. Um, very cause and effect, and, and a lot of kids don't quite get it for a while. Again, you have to teach it. Um, yeah, and I understand what you mean about thinking. I don't want to take too much because that's overstimulating him, but he's moving pretty quickly or moving away from you. So that kind right, of you said he's only good for two or three minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So between that and then the movement stuff, like ring around the rosy or any little wheels on the bus or twinkle twinkle, or I would definitely, yeah. if he'll let you hold him, do ride a little horsey. I do a lot row, of those. Make, make a, row 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 your boat. Make him really social if he likes it. You know, make sure you're mm-hmm. squishing on him when you can, trying to give him some kind of feedback to his little body. Sounds like he's, you know, sounds like he's um, overwrought a lot of the time. Those kids tend mm-hmm. to like it if you do it that way. Pressure in does their he let you hold him, Nadine? Does he let you hold him? You know, him what, what I'm thinking right now is, you know, because you brought that up, you know, I I, I know that they usually need, like, firm pressure, and maybe um, that pressure just was not enough and was just, you know, uh, irritating. Well, oh, it's right. easy to be scared with a kid like that and think, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna want, I can't <laughs> set him off," you know. Well, and a lot of times, if you, if you give the light touch, they they balk, and then you think, "Woo, yeah." The, the, with a kid like this, I would definitely, mm-hmm. like I said, they really like pressure in their feet and pressure. legs. Mm-hmm. Pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're rubbing their feet on the floor, I do that with. Here comes a choo-choo train coming down the track. And I'm rubbing their feet on the floor, and then I take their legs and I go chugga 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 chugga, and I'm giving them real good deep pressure in all those joints and mm-hmm. their, and their you know hips and ankles and knees, and they like it, and they're really social yeah. and cute with it. So when you work those things in, especially if if you're losing them, you know a lot of times mm-hmm. I'll you just gotta kind of learn how to read them, but I think if you if you just let that be part of it, where he's you, you are going to move quickly because you know he kind of has mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have an arsenal of things, and even if you're repetitive, even if you don't have that much, go back to the bubbles, go back to the balloon. Yeah. Just go back really to the ball is. toy. If he yeah. liked it, okay. You can do more yeah. ball all day long all, for fifty minutes. If he's happy, even that beats him screaming for forty minutes. That's what I I think, too, and I wouldn't worry mm -hmm. about trying to, right now, trying to change and teach him something new and teach him to do. Right now, I would just worry about getting your your groove on with this kid, with him liking you being there and tolerating you being there, and um, all of that opportunity for that other teaching is going to come after he learns that he can play with you and it not be, you know, he doesn't have to resort to... Well, and it really does sound like he's a kid who doesn't know how to play. And he may be cognitively that delayed, but you're not going to keep teaching him to talk until he can do basic play. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, he if he doesn't know those, maybe he does. Maybe he is saying some words, but does, does he say anything spontaneously? Um, yes, about he has about um, probably 15, 15, 18 words. Okay. But what then kind of again, the most of them um it would be like um mommy, daddy, um if he wants something to eat, he will say baba, he knows hat. 
Um, what mm-hmm. else up to now? Um, cookie, you know, so like basic, yeah, the basic right. first couple of words. People say potty, um, but then not go to the potty. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I would back your expectations and your goals and your everything way down for him so that you're really thinking about him more like a 15 or an 18-month-old than a three-year-old because developmentally that's where you're telling us he is. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to take a ton of baby, baby toys, but you are going to think about teaching him play like cause and effect and, again, just what to do with a toy rather than be worried about the language portion of that or following directions at this point. That will come after he knows what to do with it. So I would back those goals and those expectations, again, just from your session to your session, down quite a bit so that you feel like you're starting at square one with him like you would with a toddler rather than a three-year-old. And what I have found with those kids is if you teach them to play and they figure out, like, at least enough to think, yeah, this is fun, this lady brings all these fun toys and I get to play, um, you have, I mean, then they're, you have some connection to them. And, right. one, they've, they've quit the throwing and they've quit the screaming. Sometimes this little guy, he reminds me so much of a particular child I saw. And really what I think it was for him was he always thought you were going to take something away from him, his toy, his whatever. And he was throwing a bloody fit about it, screaming. So that was one thing I implemented with him real quick, is I'm not going to take that toy away. Just in the very beginning, you know, so that he didn't go into the fit. Got Mm -hmm. the next thing out and started playing with it and... Most of the time, he was over what he had, and he came to do what I had. Right. But but it was his got idea, and, he, it. Was, and he, was, he got to direct what was kind of going on, and then you got mm-hmm. to the point later when you could really work in your language things. But at the beginning with a kid like this, you really can't because they're just mad the whole time. Right. And that's not getting anybody anywhere, which is the reason you called. Exactly. Exactly. So, but it does sound like he, you know, you're just gonna have to, uh, you know, trial by fire, shoot trial by an error, see what works. But what what you're telling us is, so we want you to take more things. We want you to be much more flexible about starting and stopping, cleaning up, putting away. Just keep him. Try and you want it, do want to encourage him to do things with it, whether it's put the bubbles back in the, the jar. And if he eats the bubbles, oh well, it's not going to kill him. That's why they're non toxic. Anything you can get him to do that is at all functional. Uh, mm-hmm. You want him to pop the bubbles. If you can get him to blow, great. Put him, like I said, let him put him back in the little, I hope you have the no spill bubbles. Yeah, stick back in the container, and that's what you—that's what your data is going to be for this next several weeks or months. Is just you're kind of measuring, you know, functional play with toys, or you know, in my mind, I would 
I would be measuring participation and cooperativeness just if we got mm-hmm. through the yeah. whole hour, the whole 50 yeah. minutes right. with him. Does he like food? Pack. Does he like food? I would definitely, if he likes little cookies or little pieces of candy. Yep. He, he does. He does. But then again, you know, like you, you give him one and then he wants the whole thing. <laughs> and then if well, he doesn't get it right away. Yeah, and I would still make yourself pretty part of that, but I would, as long as he's sitting beside you, I mean, does he, would he, you said he's got some word. Does he have a request word that it doesn't send him, um, you know, screaming if you're saying, you know, cookie, cookie, will he imitate that well that he could say that word after you or no? He, he does sometimes, yes, he does. You know, we've been trying to hide, you know, like put cookies in different places so he has to go and grab them. Um, but then again, you know, he comes back to mom and, you know, and just requests it like all the time. And then that's where he perse- um, perseverates as well. So, you know, he's just getting stuck on that, you know, word and it's just yeah. cookie, cookie. Yeah. Well, I think you... I think you have you're on to it with let's figure out what else we can do with the cookie if he's going to say it. Let's try to use it, you know, where you're having him move on. But I would, you know, even if you had to give him 25 little pieces of a cookie, I would never give him a full-size cookie. I'd be breaking those teeny little teddy grams into two or three pieces so that he's not, you know, getting the whole thing at once. Um but I, I would use that food thing, and I would I would use it when you really. I wouldn't start out a session with that. I would I would use it when you really need it, like when you're losing him, or toward yeah. the end of the session, and you've done every other thing you can think of. I probably since he's, I get full stuck with that. I wouldn't use it till toward the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're giving you some new ideas. Yes. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I do feel, you know, I did feel lost. So I have some new things to try, and I will definitely, um, you know, yeah. bring more. More, move, more movement, mm-hmm. more singing, quicker pace on the toys, offer assistance, deep pressure any way you can give it, okay. more flexibility on moving from one thing to another. You just got to go with them for a while. You know, because yeah. anything beats him screaming for more than half the session. Yeah, and you just got to make him If you teach him those things, he'll figure, he'll come around. We, You know, normally they do on once he knows you're there to play with him and that you're going to let him have basically what he wants within reason, and he's mm-hmm. learned how to do some things. Um, you know, better. Yep, yeah, yeah, I think it'll improve. I think it will too. Nadine, do you have my book Teach Me to Play with You? I do. I do. I um just I just got it um not too long ago, yes. Yeah, I would do so I think a I lot should... of those little social routines that are in there. And mm-hmm. uh really ha you know, know about fifteen different little songs, the cute little things that you're gonna do and I would do those in between your play with toys or do those kind of when you're, I mean, does he like those kinds of things? He does. You know, and again, it's, he does like to sing and he does like to clap, but then again, if, you know, if I want him to clap, sometimes he doesn't, and if I try hand over hand, you know, again, that might be the touch because it's too light. He will, right. he will not have it. 
Well, does he watch you when you're doing it, though? I mean, is he attending to you if you're singing to him? He, he you know, he does. He does attend. He usually has pretty good eye contact until you know until he's done with everything, then he runs away. But he usually like is very interested in me. Um, he does attend. Um, yeah, but then again, imitating is you know it's a hit or miss sometimes. Well, and I wouldn't really, until he's over the screaming and stuff, I wouldn't even try to have him imitate a ton of things yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that you're looking at your goals and you're thinking, this is where I start with him. And yes, it is, but you've got to get him where he's able to tolerate it a little bit better or he's not going to be able to ever do any of those things with you because he's just so dysregulated. So I would work on doing everything yeah, you can. He to does sound like a pretty Green kid, and there there are some out there for various reasons. But you, so just keep thinking. What can I do to keep him playing with me for fifty minutes and not screaming? Okay. And that would be your only goal right now. Yep. Okay, I'll definitely shift my focus to that. Yes, you know, and again, it's it's been kind of you know we're not getting anywhere. That's kind of you know I'm like okay, I need to get. Sure. There's got to be a different right. way. Yeah, yeah. Right. He yeah. is winning the battle. Yep. He, he is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay that you feel like okay, I'm going to totally you know rip up my previous plan of care here and start over with him. And that's what you have to do with this kind of kid. It's kind of meet him where he is. And I love that you called and that you were open to doing new things rather than just having this poor little guy and yourself be miserable. <laughs> and, every and you know what? I've seen a number of these kids. Of course, Laura's seen plenty. And when I, it, I hear sometimes that the mom will say, all he does is cry with so-and-so with a therapist. And a lot of times it's because they don't take enough stuff and they do put too many demands on them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, you know what? Who won that battle? You know, he okay. cried for 35 minutes with the OT. Great. You know, uh, that's and it sounds like he is a really hard, you know, pretty involved kid. So right. you've just got to kind of say, okay, so what would be success with him? An hour where he's happy, he's engaged, he's learning something, you know, he's not screaming. He's At least maybe he's learning that therapy isn't, he doesn't have to scream. Right. Yeah. That would be a success. That would be a success. All right, Nadine, the other reason I asked you to be a teach me to play with you is I'm trying to figure out what I can send you. So thank you for calling today. What teach me to talk about yeah. product do you not have that you want? You know, you I, I, you know, I think I've been focusing on the wrong book the whole time because, you know, well, you know, I used um, your imitation. Um, oh, so um, so you're doing verbal. building verbal imitation, and you got to do what comes first, which is teaching you to play with oh. you. So yes, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I have to um, focus more on the playing than you know getting him to talk. But I just, you know, I've never worked with those kids before. Um, that know, young, they're hard. They're yeah. hard. Yeah, it sounds and, like he is a hard. Kid, and they're out it's there, a, and it's and a, a totally new population for you. It is, and so this it is a is. different learning curve. I mean, not only for mm-hmm. him, but for you. That, you know, that for sure. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That for sure. So okay, will, so um, you email me, and I'm going to figure out what I can send you. It might be some of the new little therapy guides that I'm doing. Oh, Have you bought oh, any of those? 
No, I have not. No. Okay, good deal. I'm going to send you the winter therapy guide. Or that may not be the best one. I may send you the structured teaching one because he might also respond to some of those things. Yeah, I was thinking that, Laura, that he is yeah. a kid that the she has the teach approach. She's done some uh, therapy guides about those. And these kids, those kinds of simple, fine motor tasks, although I don't know if he could do them quite yet, but maybe. I don't know some if he could either. Could. But I'm going to send you Creating Verbal Routines, which has a lot of little cute early play stuff, and then the structure teaching for Valentine's Day. And even though Valentine's Day is over, you can still take those ideas and mm-hmm. implement them with non-holiday material. And you'll figure it out when you see it. You'll think, oh, I can do that with just pipe cleaners that aren't red, or I can do that with, you know, whatever. <laughs> you'll figure it out, but I'm going to send you those two things for and to thank you for calling us and for participating. This is a great show for us. We haven't had a caller like this in a long time. So thank you yeah, so well, much. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, you're so welcome. Safe. You'll get there. Just really, <laughs> okay. I think, switch your mindset to what can I do to keep mm-hmm. him happy and playing with me for 50 minutes and go with all the things you've seen him like in the past. Yeah. Keep it very playful, very animated. But fun, fun, fun. Much yeah, if you got to say it, sing it, because it sounds like that works pretty well. That's, yeah. Okay. I will try that. I will definitely go with this, bro. Thank you so much, ladies. I really appreciate it. Oh, Good luck. Call us back in a month and let us know how it's going, or a couple months. That's, we'll give you a couple months. That's what months I was going to say. Give us about six or eight weeks and call us back and let us know how he's doing. Okay, I will do that for sure. Okay, that's good. Thanks. Great. Good luck. Bye. Thanks. Big Bye. good luck. Yes, hard kid, Kate. Hard kid. All right, that's all for this week.